privilege, Joanne, to have Amir Safadi with us today. And we met Amir when he was a guide in Israel. Then he became the CEO of Sarel Tours, who we've used since 1995. And then God had something bigger right. for him. After serving in the IDF as a young man, as, as all Israelis do, compulsory, and being involved in the Jericho pullout for Israel, God had something different for Amir, and he launched Behold Israel, mm -hmm. and it exists to provide reliable and accurate reportings on the developments in Israel and the region. So Amir gives real-time reports and news about Israel and global events that affect Israel and uh, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. He is the author of several books, and we highly recommend that you purchase them. He is a conference speaker. He's a leading expert on the Middle East. He's on Telegram, like 500,000 people are following. I think that's what I saw just recently and considered one of the leading experts on Israel and global politics. And uh, he's married to Miriam with four children. Yay. And the woman behind the man as we celebrated Mother's Day yesterday. So we're excited to have you with us, Amir. And we want to talk about the world, what's happening, Ukraine, Israel, but your new book, Revealing Revelation. Thanks for being with us on Good News from the Middle East. Yes. Thank you, Tom and Joanne. It's, it's a wonderful privilege to be with you guys here. I've known you for many years, and uh, I, I was so thrilled to hear that you guys are going to have me on your uh, podcast. Oh. Thank you. Well, one of the things that we love about you, Amir, is not only how God is using you in these incredible ways, not just in Israel, but truly around the world. So many people get their news from you That's listening true. to, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but gosh, you've got the best and most mm -hmm. reliable information, but you're so relational. You know, so mm -hmm. many times we meet people that have this high intelligence factor and are super influential, but you can't carry a conversation with them. You know what I mean? They're not very relational. <laughs> But God has wired both of that in you. You are, you know, you're delightful to talk with. You're a loving, kind man, very genuine and sincere and humble. So mm -hmm. we are thrilled to have this conversation with you today so that some yeah. of our friends can get to know you better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to start with a quick story because it really colors what happens with prophecy. I know you write with Steve Yon, but then also his father, Rick Yon, who was a pastor in Colorado for years and even in Texas, was a part of the book. Is that right, Rick? Yeah, he's, he's the co-author of, of Revealing Revelation with me. And yeah, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. I've known so, Rick for many years. Oh my gosh, he's a great man of God, excellent teacher. Jason Elam years ago asked me to preach at the church, our, our dear friend. And uh, so I said, fine. And Rick said, uh, I'm excited to have you. I just written a book, Two Nations Under God, Why You Should Care About Israel. And he said, oh, that'd be great. Preach about that and prophecy. And then Jason called me and said, Pastor Rick never leaves. He's always there when he has a guest. He never takes a Sunday off. He should be off. So I, I called Rick and said, why don't you take the Sunday off and just relax? I got it covered. There's three services. What could go wrong, right? Just, you don't need to show up. You need a break. So it ended up that I spoke about that, about prophecy and how the church needs to stand with Israel. And Amir, in the middle of the second service, a man stood up in the sanctuary, started screaming, you're full of, mm, and just went on and screaming at me. And fortunately, the spirit of God took mm -hmm. over. And I said, well, not everybody agrees that 
you know, everything I'm sharing, but we could sit down and have a cup of coffee and let's talk sometime. Well, he went on and kept going finally to the point four uh, ushers came in and they pulled this guy out. He was in like prone position and still screaming. I think they covered his mouth as he went out. And uh, immediately, as soon as the service is over, my phone ring, it's Rick Yon. The Sunday I leave, this <laughs> breaks. <laughs> Why did this happen? And this is the world you live in. Why exactly. is it that prophecy, even within the body of Christ, can just send people over the edge? What do, what do you think that is? Well, I, I think this is exactly the scheme of the enemy to prevent people from getting ready for what's coming next mm -hmm. to and also to prevent people from understanding the plan of god right. you see when the two disciples were walking down to emmaus from jerusalem you know they were the disciples of jesus yet they didn't connect the dots they didn't understand why he had to die, why he had to resurrect. All of that was so much in, in fog for them that even though they left on Sunday morning when they knew that he's no longer dead, when they heard that the, the angel said that he's alive, they were disappointed. And when Jesus met them on the road, he asked them, why are you so sad? And that's the story. When they when, and, and then, of course, he told them how, how, how foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that which the prophets have said. When mm -hmm. you don't believe what, that which the prophets have said, you miss out the picture of God's plan, not only for you, but for the whole world. And therefore, you jump into the wrong conclusions. And, and this is exactly why the enemy is keeping Christians away from that. Because he doesn't want them to understand how much God loves them and have a plan for them and how much this world has its own plan and we have our own plan. And so these two things are, are like, God forbid, a believer will know uh, those things and get ready. And I always tell people prophecy is not to scare, it's to prepare. And, right. uh, and, and the enemy does not want us to be prepared. And so people have this resentment against prophecy. And much of it, I must say, it's because of our fault. There's too many crazy prophecy teachers yeah. that, are, that have, uh, they, they have uh, uh, I, I guess, abused Bible prophecy to the point that uh, they, they made fool of themselves. And, and, and now nobody wants to go that direction any, anyway. Right. So we have to stay very careful when it comes to Bible prophecy and only teach the word of God and not our mm -hmm. own, you know, crazy interpretation mm -hmm. of things just to satisfy our own desire for sensationalism and quick, you know, quick uh, uh, publicity or whatever it is. And it's, it, it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Joanne's got a question for you, but I just want to jump in. Here's a mission in life for all of us to turn the body of Christ back to the book, to Revelation, mm -hmm. so they don't get their worldview mm -hmm from the news. Okay. It's terrible how many are just rolling along the river of the tide of things that are happening today and they're not in the book, they're not understanding. So that brings us to our first yeah. big question. Yeah, the answer. question I want to ask you, but first of all, what you said, I want to repeat that. That was really powerful. God has given us prophecy not to scare us, 
but to prepare us. Wow. Everybody write that quote down. That is exactly right. But the enemy, the deceiver does exactly that. So often we can, you know, jump into the book of revelation or read some of the old Testament prophecies and we can be afraid. It's true. But like you said, Amir, God is trying to prepare us. Well, let's jump in about this new book that we are so excited about. We just ordered it. Actually, we just got it on Kindle. We haven't started it yet tonight. That's my goal. I want to start reading. I'm so excited to jump into it. But your title is incredible. So it's called how God, this, the, well, mm-hmm. it's called Revealing Revelation, but the subtitle is what gets me. How God's plan for the future can change your life now. That is a powerful subtitle. Mm -hmm. You know, our world is in crisis. The nations, of course, are threatening Israel and the entire globe. The pandemic of evil is not hidden anymore. It just breaks our heart. Every time we turn on the news, there's just more evil, just plain evil that is being accepted by so many people around us. Sadly, even some of the people that we know in the body of Christ are caving into the evil that's happening in our world. So tell us, Samir, why did you write this book at this time in history, perfect timing, revealing revelation? And I guess the second question is, how can God's plan for the future change our life today? Yes. Well, first of all, I believe that the problem of the book of Revelation is either it's being overused, misused, or abused. And, um, and it, it has a lot of stuff that the Lord revealed to, uh, to John. And um, it, it, a lot of if you don't know the Old Testament, and if you do not know the rest of scriptures, uh, even in the, in the New Testament, you're going to have a hard time understanding some of the things that are written there. Not only that, not only that, this book challenges you whether you take the word of God uh, uh, literally or figuratively. And because that will affect the rest of your understanding mm-hmm. of scriptures. And, and so for me, a misunderstanding of the book of Revelation is a misunderstanding of the role of Israel. It's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of the future of the church. It's a misunderstanding of who and when the Antichrist is going to come. It's a misunderstanding of uh, the tribulation. I mean, there's so much that you can miss out or misunderstand if you don't study this book carefully, using the rest of the scripture to to be the the, the best way to interpret this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also believe that um, we as Christians we are so quick to think that every evil thing that happens in this world is immediately. Christian persecution. And it has to be very, very carefully explained that some things are something that the whole world is going to suffer from, not just Christians. But there are some other things that Christians will suffer from them. And by the way, in Revelation, we see Christians and Israel uh, (laughs) at the same time. And, And we have to make it very clear that if you don't understand your your identity in Christ, the promises that you have in Christ. And if you don't know the times and the seasons in which we live, mm-hmm. you will fall into the trap of, of the same trap of the Thessalonians, the church in Thessaloniki that was absolutely convinced that a tribulation had begun. They have been left behind. And there's a lot of, you know, and, and they misinterpreted events because they believed other interpretation 
that Paul warned them not to take heed of. And so this is important to me that uh, uh, the most, okay, the last book that God wrote and, and, and the only book that he ever said that if you read and teach that book, you will be blessed. That's right. How can we ignore it? How can we uh, butcher it in such a, in a nonchalant way when, how come we lost all reverence from when, when it come to deal with such an amazing, amazing word of prophecy? And, uh, and again, we're in a world where prophecy is being so butchered by so many people sure. who are such sensationalists that, um, quite honestly, many Christians don't have any desire to, to dive into this book of prophecy. Um, and so I decided as a tour guide, I want to take them not on a deep theological study, but on a tour through the 22 chapters of this book. Mm -hmm. Literally, it's a tour. We, we walk through the places and the events and we understand them. And, and I don't hide the different opinions and the different uh, interpretations, but, but then I, I prove why I believe this is the right one based on ABC. So it's very important. And uh, this book has been on my heart for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, um, of course, the idea to write it was before COVID hit, but when COVID hit and I started seeing people misinterpreting the vaccine as the mark of the beast and then, uh, you know, people start taking things out of context and all of that, I realized more than ever before we need that book out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, it's out now and I'm, I'm beyond blessed to hear from Harvest House how you know, how many people are, are getting it. It's, it's, it's God. Yeah. That's so cool. well, I saw that as I got on Amazon and, and I mean, it took off like a rocket. I mean, all you have to do is look for number one on Amazon and it's there, there in categories and the study yeah. guide and the Kindle. And it just took up the timing of God to do this yeah. is just perfect right yeah. now. The body needs hope and pulling away from God's word. The more we distance ourselves from God's word, the less hope we have. And this is just bringing them back exactly. in an understandable way. So people can, can read this, exactly. understand it and not avoid this book like the plague. I mean, it's, in the new Testament, it's revelation that they don't want to read in the old Testament. It's probably Job. I bet it feel like there's going to be a trial. Yeah. You Job know? or sometimes uh, lamentations or Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I, I agree with you that a lot of people stay away from it. But, you know, throughout COVID, uh, many people, uh, you know, they couldn't go and meet in person. But instead of going to scriptures, they started going to YouTube. Yeah. And, and, and then YouTube became their church. And they literally not just stopped going to church physically, but they stopped going to the Bible also yeah. and and you know youtube flourished through covid but a lot of bad teachings and a lot of very very bad theology started flourishing as well and so i i think that we need to get back to the word and if i can help somehow to do that why not i mean if if my daughter who is 22 years old if she tells me dad it's a very hard book for me to understand 
then I'm glad that she has a book like this now right. to help her understand it better. Yeah. And so it's good. Mm. So cool. Well, you know, uh, the return of Christ is the blessed hope. And mm. unfortunately, whatever God has planned, Satan has a counter plan. He is a counterfeit. And recently it became popular, this teaching that Israel from an imam and it, I don't know, came from like 70 years ago, different things I read, that Israel is, Islam is teaching this, that Israel is going to cease to exist. And the last thing I heard, Amir, was July 8th of Correct. this year. And and uh, so I, I kind of field tested this. We have some former Muslims that are believers in Gaza. And I just asked them, hey, have you heard about this? Oh, yeah, everybody's talking about it. What's, and, what's your take on that? I've been talking about that for at least a month and a half on Telegram, um, on my YouTube channel. I broke the news about this July 8th when I was in London, when I started seeing those reports. And at first, the Israeli government didn't take it seriously. Now the Israeli government takes it very seriously. There are official papers of the Israeli police that are dealing with this. It is a conspiracy theory based on numerology that some Muslim uh, uh, people um, got into when it comes to several surahs in in the Quran. Mm -hmm. I think it's all based on number 17. I'm not sure how they calculated it, but they determined two things. They determined that Israel has to cease to exist on July 8th of this year, but they also determined that the beginning of that fall will be the, the Ramadan. And that explains the unprecedented wave of terrorism um, that is uh, happening right now based on on the hope of those incited brainwashed young people mm -hmm. that hope that they will be part of the effort to bring an end to Israel and um, it's it's very interesting to see that I mean all of them 19 year old 20 year old 18 year old it's not poor people it, I mean, you can literally see videos of them, the way they're dressed. But someone put in their mind that idea that they have the privilege of being part of something bigger than ever. And that's the bringing the state of Israel to an end. Now, it's um, I believe that um, a lot of people still kind of turn blind eye to this conspiracy theory. But I think we better pay attention to it because look, I don't believe it's true. Of course I don't. But right. I believe that what they do is because they believe it's true. It's true. Right, right. And That's you know, if you if you have military background, you have to think the way your enemy think. Right. And you have and this is the only way you can prepare yourself. And unfortunately it takes time for the Israeli authorities to literally eventually come to the uh, understanding that they uh, they have to do something about it. Mm. Uh, but you're right. Uh, it's almost like every Muslim knows about it, yeah. but but the authorities, nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah. And that's it. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. When we study the scriptures and teach, you do exegesis. You pull out of the scriptures Muslims, uh, especially the leaders, to justify their religion, try to do eisegesis, mm -hmm. take something and stick it in the scriptures. I remember listening to an imam talk on YouTube about 
uh, Isaiah 9, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he said this was proof that Muhammad was the final prophet. How does he get that? Because it says somewhere in the Hadith or something that Muhammad had a hairy mole on his back. And so that was proof that the government rested on his shoulders. And unfortunately, yeah. just believe- like you said, the people will believe that. Correct. They believe that. Yeah. yeah. The people the people believe that because they have to believe something. Mm-hmm. And they cannot look, think about it. If you're a Muslim and you and, and somebody comes to you and says, Look, uh, Israel is here to stay. God is the God of Israel. Israel is God's people. They will not go anywhere. Then you have to question your own religion and your own faith. And that, of course, is unthinkable. So mm-hmm. they will always, always defer to, to whatever else is there out there that can help them have hope. Look, Christians need to have hope. We just talked about it. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to read the book of Revelation. But, but Muslims want hope as well. And for them, the hope is not based on their own well-being, but it's based on our disappearing and, and suffering and whatever. And, you know, this is why Golda Meir uh, said, our first female prime minister in the 1970s, she said, peace will come to the Middle East not uh, until the Arab mothers will love their children more than they hate the Jews. I mean, mm-hmm. y- y- you you have to start thinking about your own well-being rather than your enemies, you know, yes. problems and, and disasters. And, uh, and people don't understand, look, everybody's talking about two states and Palestine and Israel, but they don't understand the disaster of the Palestinian people is not 1967. It has never been 1967. It has never been the West Bank or Gaza. The disaster of the Palestinians, the one they call Nakba, which is disaster, is 1948, May 14. May 14, 1948 is marked as the day of disaster of the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Our mere existence here as a Jewish state is their problem. It's not any square inch in Judea or Samaria, Golan Heights or Gaza Strip. It has nothing to do with that. They themselves even tell you that. Hamas, you can now pull all the Jews out of Judea and Samaria, out of Gaza, even clear um, Golan Heights, and Hamas will never stop fighting us. Because for them, it's not about 1967 borders. It's about 1948. It's right. about our existence. And, and until Israel will vanish, and that's what they hope is going to happen, they don't have that hope anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, they have to hold on to that hope. Yeah. It really is. We want to get into the Ukraine in a second, but I just want to tell you something, Amir, that you know, there's the underground church in Gaza. I was privileged to lead a Muslim to faith in Christ and um, to see him grow. Wow. His name is Mohammed. And yes. uh, to see him grow, no shock in Gaza, right? And and to, to see him grow in Christ. And he sends me these prayers um, every day on Telegram. And nice. I thought he was copying and pasting them from the internet. And I said, Mohammed, who wrote these? And he said, well, I did, Tom. And I said, I, wow, I mean, you've just been a believer a few months. And he goes, he goes, but I've been pray, uh, hanging out with my four new friends. And I said, mm-hmm. who's that? And he said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. I study the scriptures all day long. He had his arm broken recently because right. he wouldn't say the Shahada and he wouldn't observe Ramadan. And mm-hmm. I 
texted him, I'm sorry you're hurting. And, you know, his arm was in a sling and he goes, Tom, it really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is this. Will it conform me more to the image of Christ? Will this make me be more like him? And I thought, my gosh, this brother hasn't been in the faith that long. And he's in a horrible place to be a believer. But yet he's going deep. And so, man, there's big hope in Jesus. Yes, there is. You know, we just buried my father-in-law three weeks ago. And I, I learned now, of course, uh, throughout the last three weeks since then, that um, first of all, he used to teach Muslim convert Muslim. Okay, Muslims who converted to Christianity he, uh, in uh, Afghanistan. He used to teach small groups that used to meet on rooftops uh, mm-hmm. using their cell phones, and he taught them every week. And every week they were in a different place. They never ever stayed in the same place. But what I learned today was of another Muhammad, just like what you said, a Muhammad who was a, who is a Syrian refugee mm. who fled, fled first to um, uh, Moscow and eventually crossed all the way to Finland. Uh, and his mentor in Finland led him to the Lord. And now Muhammad is leading hundreds of Muslim refugees in Greece, in the island of Lesbos, and in, the, in Athens, in other places where there's tons of Syrian refugees. He's, this is where he works now. He's leading them to Christ. He's baptizing Christ. them Christ. by the dozens. So it's, it's another Muhammad, and he's, an, yeah. He's, a, yeah, he's also you know, a believer. And, you know, Christ, in Christ is no Jew, no Muslim, no Gen, nothing. Amen. And uh, it's, it's amazing to see this um, you know, conversion yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to see them new creation, to see the new heart, the new spirit and everything about them is now, uh, you know, they have they got life. Look, the, I don't need to tell you what their the religion they came out of, what what it's all about. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of darkness there. So, oh, right. so true. And this is where we get excited, Amir, is seeing people that are trapped in Islam. They've been kidnapped by the enemy, so to speak, and they're trapped in Islam and they find Jesus and they are their life is transformed. Yeah. As you said, they're new creations in That's Christ. Right. And they yeah. now they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. And if we look purely at the news, all we see is the bad news. You referred to that a moment ago, Tom. But then we stop and we see where God is moving because where it's the darkest, that's where the the gospel is flourishing the most. Mm, And so we need to always remember these current stories of where the gospel is transforming lives. And And we we as believers need to stop dealing with nonsense. Uh, You know, it's uh, I don't care about Johnny Depp. I don't care about the Kardashians. I don't care about all of, I mean, all you do, I mean, I, I'm amazed because, you know, I have so many friends on Facebook and, and all what they post is coming up on my feed. And all I see is less and less Jesus and more and more all of this thing. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I mean, I can't believe you guys find time in these, in this last hour, you find time to, 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 to deal with all of these nonsense. It's crazy. It's, yeah. it's just beyond me. I don't care. I mean, people need to, you know, go back. I mean, the, the, this world is so lost. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Lost. And it's such a, in such darkness. Can you imagine mm. how how murdering babies is being celebrated? Oh. Celebrated. Oh, yeah. celebrated. It's, I mean, it's beyond me. How can you, uh, it's, it's okay. one thing not to like it, but to celebrate it. Oh. Mm. 
So, well, now in yeah. California, they're trying to pass a bill that's sadly gaining footage, yeah. but trying to pass a bill that, that a parent has 28 days after a baby's yeah. born wow. to yeah. take its life. I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond me. I mean, they can be excited about a bacteria on Mars. And for them, that's a sign of that's life. Right. But the exactly. heart of a baby is not a sign of life for them. Oh. It's, it, you know, but that's, that's, that's the world we live in. You know, everything good is now portrayed as bad. And the mm -hmm. bad things are now good. And evil is good. And darkness it's is like light. <laughs> exactly. Isaiah knew what he was talking about. And yeah. we, we know that in the last days, these things will intensify. Mm -hmm. as, as we read in Timothy. So, you know, Paul knew that. I mean, he, right. he, he warned Timothy that these are the characteristics of the last days. And we, we see that. That's we right. see that. And with that, we've also been told in Matthew 24, of course, wars and rumors and wars will, will also increase as those right. birth pangs get closer together. And the whole world has been watching in horror with what's been happening in Ukraine. And Amir, you have been following this on Telegram. And uh, we were talking before we started recording uh, together with our son, Josh, how all of us are on Telegram and you are posting real news in real yes. time. So I've got a couple questions as we turn that way. First okay. of all, how in the heck do you do this? Do you have like hundreds of people around the <laughs> yeah. world giving you photos? I've got some very good sources. Uh, both in the Arab world, but also over there in the Ukraine. And um, the, the problem is this, Ukraine, the Ukraine war is full of misinformation and disinformation. Mm -hmm. It's very, very sad to see that um, there is a narrative they want you uh, to follow and, and that's it. Now, I am not a pro-Russian person. I, I, in fact, I always say everywhere, God is going to judge Russia eventually. There is no doubt about it. However, to say that Russia lost the war and Ukraine won the war and that's it, it's to bury your head in the sand yeah. because this is not the case. I get, I don't want to post it on Telegram because it will be terrible, but I have every day at least dozen videos of of Ukrainian soldiers surrendering, uh, of Ukrainian soldiers being butchered, mm -hmm. of things that the Russians are doing on the on the in in, in the in the on the ground there that is uh, little victories for the Russians. So so to say that the Russians gain nothing from this war is to be ignorant of 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 the reality. From the very beginning, uh, Russia wanted Eastern Ukraine to become independent um, uh, 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 republics that will be under Russian influence. From the very beginning, Russia wanted that the Crimea uh, Peninsula will somehow be connected with a ground passage to the area of Donbass. So Russia will have influence uh, without having to enter in and out of the Ukraine. And what was added in the last couple months is that Russia realized that the best way to paralyze Ukraine is to cut Ukraine off from all trade through the Black Sea. And this is exactly what phase two is all about. Mm -hmm. Now they're attacking all the coastal cities in order to completely disconnect Ukraine. And today, by the way, the uh, Ukrainian president said 
the world must help us keep our coast uh, uh, free because mm -hmm. if we will not export wheat and grain to the rest of the world, there will be a worldwide food crisis. And so you, you understand that um, the Russians are implementing their philosophy in a terrible way. Lots of lots of war crimes, to, uh, you know, horrible things that are happening on the ground, such as this theater in Mariupol that they just bombed with 600 people in it and other other places where they've done terrible things. But again, for them, you know, they are executing their plans. And unlike what people say, Putin never thought that Ukraine will be Russia, but he wanted Ukraine not to be Europe. He wanted Ukraine not to be NATO. And I think that at this point, everybody understand that Ukraine will not be part of the EU and Ukraine will not be part of NATO. And that's exactly what he wanted. Now, uh, can Russia be completely defeated and dismantled? I don't see how the Bible, I mean, per personally, I don't, I don't see it happening mm -hmm. because the Bible is talking about the next phase of what Russia mm -hmm. is going to do. And that is, of course, in the prophecy of Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. So I am not sure that... Uh, the Europeans are looking at the at the well-being of the Ukrainians. And I'm not sure that the Russians are looking for the well-being of the Ukrainians. I think that the Europeans and NATO, they want Russia to bleed in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody once told me, NATO will fight Russia until the last Ukrainian. I mean, which is exactly what is going on. Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, the Ukrainians find themselves in between two gigantic powers, uh, military powers, and nobody is rushing for a solution in the near future. And the people will live with, you know, these results for a longer time. And when Russia will see that Russia uh, has the green light to move further, then Russia will move further. Uh, Russia, as you can see, is not playing by the rules of any mm -hmm political alliance, mm -hmm. uh, not even the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And so this is it. We're watching it. It is heartbreaking to see what's happening. We've been blessed to help with refugees in Poland and Germany and some coming to Israel too. And uh, the stories mm -hmm. are, we're not seeing those stories on the news. It's, it's nope. worse than we're being told. And uh, But we both know, Amir, that somehow the devil can manipulate this and pretty soon it's going to fall on Israel's doorstep. Somehow exactly. the enemy changes all of this to where Israel gets implicated. And you yeah. said that you believe a major war is coming to the Middle exactly. East. Exactly. I mean, I believe that. But be before I answer that, let me just say that uh, there's too many, too many Christians that love conspiracy theories. And it, it, with, with that, they fall into that conspiracy that Russia... Russia's war in the Ukraine is justified, and, and, and they believe that there are so many horrific things in the Ukraine, and so that justifies this war, and that is so dangerous because the next move will be against Israel, as we, we're now going to talk about. And, and then what? Is that justified also? So you see that um, the enemy is a master in, in deception, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, part of the deception is that 
there is a lot of evil and God is using some people to eradicate the evil in order for good to prevail. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry, that's not my Bible. My Bible is saying that eventually the evil will be so rampant that, you know, Christ will have to judge this world severely. I mean, we're, this is going to be the most severe um, set of events that this planet has ever seen since the flood. Mm. Uh, and people don't understand that. This is not, you know, anything that happens today, whether it's COVID or whether it's a world war here, war, it's nothing compares to what Revelation is telling us that the, the uh, uh, tribulation is going to be. But you're right. Russia's next move, according to Ezekiel 38 and 39, is leading or spearheading a coalition to invade into Israel and not for political reasons. I mean, the Bible is very carefully indicating the fact that it's for spoils of war. It's to gain, it's to steal, it's to rob, it's to take booty, it's to take plunder. That's what the Bible says. It's not about Palestinian state. It's not about Islam versus Christianity or Judaism. No, it's about gain, polit uh, 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 I would call it uh, <clears throat> economical gain. And uh, mm -hmm. why do you think Russia is in the Ukraine right now? They almost share the same blood. So it's not a religious war. They're almost to share the same heritage. So it's not about history. It's not about religion. It's all about power and control over that space around it. And, yeah. and, and as soon as they will be done with that, they will be free to continue on. Israel today is the rising star in energy in, that, in our region. We all know that. Everybody knows that. Why do you think suddenly... Some of the Arab countries are flocking to, to be on mm. our side. It's not yeah. because it's not because they became Zionist. It's not because <laughs> you know they, now they believe the Jews have always had the right to be. No, no, no. They calculate carefully mm -hmm. all their interests, and they realize at this point in history, we're better off being the friends of Israel rather than the enemies of Israel. That's if nice. you want to be on the right side of of the map, um, when those things escalate, especially in light of the Iranian aggression right now. Iran is not hiding its intention to, uh, uh, to come and settle the uh, account with any country that has peace with Israel. Mm -hmm. And so they understand if they want to be protected from Iran, the only country in the Middle East that is vowing to put an end to the Iranian nuclear aspiration and to fight the Iran, not just by words, but in action, mm -hmm. is Israel. And Israel can help them with intelligence, with weapons, with defense systems, with many things. And yeah. so they are—they understand we can get nothing from Iran. We can get everything from Israel. Mm -hmm. We might as well be on their side. And that's it. And so when it comes to Ezekiel war, it's all about interests. It's all about a convergence of, yeah. of things. And for the Sunni, moderate Sunni world, such as Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, it will be to be on our side. This is why the Bible says that Sheba and Didan will protest mm -hmm. the war. But on the other side, you'll have those radicals that would want to take advantage of this Russian-led assault and jump on this bandwagon of, 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 of going to destroy Israel, and that's it. And we see that Iran and, and probably Turkey and 
you know, Libya and Sudan. I mean, these are things that the Bible says they're going to happen. I learned to trust the Bible more than any political or military analyst anywhere around the world. Mm. They, they were wrong almost on everything. Even in Israel, most of the uh, people in the government did not predict the invasion into Ukraine. Did you know that? Um, it's unbelievable. It was all there. Why would he concentrate 80% of his active military if he's not going to do something with them? Why would we bring them all the way to the border with Ukraine? It was it was written on the wall, but uh, of course, you know, mm. they don't know they don't understand it. But the same thing will happen with the invasion to Israel. Right. I, I mean, let's face it, uh, Israel is not mm. preparing for such an invasion. They, we don't think Russia will invade. I mean, the Israeli authorities. I do. I believe you believe because we've got the most important and accurate yeah. and reliable source of information. Mm. Man, the, the, yeah. the Russian military didn't get all dressed up just for a dry run. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. No, not a if you follow the news today from Moscow and the things that were rolling on the main streets uh, right below the Kremlin, uh, they mean business. And uh, mm -hmm. unfortunately, none of the things that were on display today were things of, a, of what I call um, um, conventional weapon. Uh, it, we're talking about a different uh, ball game that uh, the Russians are ready to start, mm -hmm. and uh, everybody needs to pay attention to it right now. Yeah, um, wow, that is a great recap. Thank you for that. Thank Amir. you. Yeah. Well, you know, since um, COVID hit, Tom and I have not been able to be to Israel along with the rest of the world. So it's been two years since right. we've been in Israel, and we have missed it so much. Longest time since 1995. 1995. That's right. Um, so, um, and now we've been watching the news. We've got red alert on our phone. <clears throat> excuse me. Where every time a rocket hits, we get. Tell, you know, we get a notification, which just breaks our heart. But recently during Ramadan, of course, that's when the terrorism just intensifies the what happened right. at the Dead Sea, just horrific things happen during Ramadan. Then, you know, we've been watching, of course, on your telegram, hearing about these two Palestinian terrorists, young kids, what, 19 and a 20 something year old young men mm. and who brutally, brutally murdered three Orthodox Jewish men. And, and then it was, you know, their social media and the Palestinian social media changed everything, made these look like handsome, respectable young men. So terrible things are happening right now. Russia hasn't come in yet, as you know, talking will happen one day. But there's already things happening in Israel that break our heart. So what would you say, Amir, is the national mood or climate in Israel right now? As we're getting ready to come back, what are we going to find that's different over the last couple of years? Well, you know, we've, we've never been so divided, I think, in our history when it comes to the political alignment here in Israel. Um, uh, we've got a, a government of change that is a change for the worse, not for the best. Uh, we are the only government in the entire world that is leaning on the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood are actually banned from most, if not all, the Muslim world. Um, and they're, they're, they're banned from Saudi, from Egypt, from Jordan. They're banned from so many other countries. And yet here, our own government is leaning on their vote in order to have oh, our yeah. existence. So... You know, it's beyond me. Uh, I mean, for, for the last year and uh, I think, all, you know, for the last year, it's almost a year now, yeah, that this government is in, mm -hmm. um, in 
place year and a month, um, I am dumbfounded. I mean, I have nothing to say. I mean, I mean, I feel like you guys feel in America. I mean, where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, it's obviously a regime that is incapable of even ruling mm -hmm. and reigning. And yet God, remember, is allowing it. Right. So, so we have to accept that and we have to pray that, you know, God will, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. block, first of all, protect us and block all evil. But at the same time, nothing took God off uh, his throne and, and, and he's still in full control. I want to encourage people not to be afraid to come uh, to Israel. I want to, first of all, thank you for considering returning back to Israel. And I want to, uh, I want to tell people that even though things happen here, if I have to magnify every crime that happens in America, no one would ever travel to America. That's true. That's right. So true. And, and, and even with all the uh, attention that every terrorist action is 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 getting on the news, it's still way safer here than than in downtown Chicago, for example. Yeah. So true. Oh my goodness, yes. So true. You know. So. You know, there are multiple tour groups in Israel. They don't, unless they go back to the hotel and turn on their TV, they don't even know that something yeah, That's right. Yeah. And you've had that experience before. Yeah. When things happen, you were in Israel, but you were not even aware of that. Um, Israel overall is a very safe and secure place for tourists. Um, to be honest with you, it's less safe for a Jew to walk in Israel uh, than than for a, uh, a group of tourists because yeah. let's face it the terrorists are not uh, all, mm -hmm. all the aim is for you know orthodox Jews or or soldiers or people they are sure that are on the enemy side mm -hmm. um, and you know um, after two and a half years of of or oh, two years and two months three months of COVID related restrictions it's it's so important to come back here and to and, and to reconnect with yes. this. Yes. It so is. Excited. It is. And it's always from people that have not been there. In, you know, in America, mm -hmm. there's kind of two idols, worship of comfort and safety. And immediately when we're going to Israel, we get the question from people, is it safe there? And I'll yeah. say, you know what? Um, I'm not nervous about uh, going to Israel because once I get out of the Chicago airport, mm -hmm. I feel relieved, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's where the real danger is, our American cities, but that's not magnified. So, um, Amir, this has just been a challenging time and a, a illuminating time. And isn't it been amazing, Joanne, wow. to have him? You add such insight and depth. Man, we could talk all day with you, Amir. We just thank, thank you. you so much for God has given you so much discernment. And you are passing that on to the body of Christ in a wonderful way. So thank you for Telegram. Friends, if you're not on Telegram, get on there and yes. follow Amir. The updates are, as we said, real time, real news. You'll be encouraged. And I love that you always encourage us in scripture. It's not just the news. You also That's give right. us what the Bible's saying. So That's we really right. appreciate thank you. that. Well, you never know uh, how many non-believers are there following me. And I want sure. them to to get the scriptures as well, get the Bibles. That's so true. And Telegram is one of the action items. Get on Telegram and yeah. uh, subscribe and follow. You're going to get news from Israel and around the world. You'll find out what's happening in Ukraine. In fact, a few of them are coming through as we were on this podcast. I don't know how to turn up my notifications. A few, I think Amir's doing them as he's talking to us. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> amazing team. Buy Amir's new yes. book, Joanne. It is Revealing Revelation, How God's Plan yes. 
for the future can change your life now. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. Such, Thank such you. It Thank is you a shot across the bow for Christians to realize the depth of their faith and what we really need to be concentrating on in these days. So get the book. We already have the study guide. We're going to go through it with a group. Mm -hmm. Get on Telegram, get the daily updates, and that will balance out the news where you're going to get real stories, real time, and real truth and help you understand better. Mm -hmm. uh, access the great teaching that Amir has at beholdisrael.org. Videos, YouTube, sermons, devotionals. Yeah. devotionals. We have good friends, Skip Isaac, you were at his church and, and, and many more. And so get on there. And then also pray for Israel, yes. pray for Israel, pray for Jews, pray for Arabs to come to faith in Christ. There are many Arabs that are believers there, but pray for Muslims mm -hmm. to come to faith in Christ. And Amir, would you just do us the privilege of just closing us in prayer? And if you want to even pray in Hebrew and give us the translation in English, that's great. But but why don't I pray in English and then conclude with the ironic blessing in Hebrew? Oh, perfect, perfect, Thank you. perfect. Father, we thank you so much that you are in full control. You are the uh, beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tav. There is nothing in this world that happens without you either doing it or allowing it to happen. So we, we surrender to your will and to uh, your plan. We, uh, we thank you that uh, through your prophets, you, uh, you told us about the end from the beginning and mm -hmm. from ancient times, things that are not yet done. And so we thank you, Father, that you are such a loving Father. You do not want to uh, surprise in a bad way your, your children. You want them to be prepared, not scared. We thank you, Father, for uh, the hope that we have in Christ alone and his finished work on the cross. We thank you, Father, that uh, you, uh, you are not the author of any confusion, but in you we have so much life and hope, and we know the way and, and as we see this world spiraling into such chaos and darkness and lawlessness, we, we know that our only hope is in Christ. Now, we, we ask, Father, that this broadcast today will bring people closer to you, closer to your word, and closer to your son. We thank you and we bless you in Yeshua's name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you his shalom, his peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. And do we ever need that prayer right now? Beautiful to hear it in Hebrew. Another thing that Tom and I love and appreciate, appreciate about you so much, Amir, is that is how biblical you are. You are solid mm. on scripture. Mm. And I think that's why we have this connection with you is we love your heart for Thank Jesus, you. passion, but mm. whole, upholding God's word as the final and that's only right. source of truth. Yes. This has been truly delightful. Um, gosh, Thank I hope you. we see we'll be in Israel this early summer. Yes. Yeah. Summer. In, Maybe in we'll get to see Most you. of June we'll be there. So we yeah. hope we can right. see you. And uh, so we'll, we'll try to catch up. It's been an honor to have you. God bless you. Thanks for being on the news from the Middle East. Thank you.